Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. My name is Cody Sizemore, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Maria Casillas. Maria, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourself? Good. Good. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, yeah, it's been a busy but productive day so far. Great. So, well, before we hop into today's topic, I do want to uh, give you guys a couple reminders on a few things. So, first and foremost, we are seeing our Facebook group expand on almost a daily basis. Um, it's actually very exciting to see. Uh, and a lot of those people who are joining the group are coming from the podcast, which is even more exciting to see because that shows that, you know, that like people are enjoying listening and they want to be more plugged in. Right. And that could be you too. If you haven't joined into the Facebook group, it is called new money habits, financial coaches. And like we mentioned, it's a, it's a growing group, but it's a really good place to be, to be plugged in and, and uh, to ask questions, provide value, um, you know, get value from other people. We have a few things coming up, um, like we have some meetups every month that you can be a part of. We have a book club coming up that you can be a part of. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in there. So we would love it if you could join us in there. And uh, that way we can get connected and, and be able to, you know, harbor our relationship with you even beyond this podcast. Uh, the other thing is that if you have been enjoying this podcast and you haven't given us a rating or left us a review, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But but what I will say is that we would really appreciate that too, because that is actually the one thing that really does help push this podcast out to other people. Above anything else, when, when you know, the podcast overlords algorithm sees that hey, people like this podcast, they're more likely to push it to, to the audience that it needs to reach. And we believe that financial coaches are here for a really impactful reason. And we need to reach those coaches as easily as possible so that we can help them help more people um, and and really create the communities that we're looking to create uh, and and leave a good legacy on that. So, yeah. And I get it, wanna... guys. If, if you haven't done it yet, I get it. I listen to podcasts every day, and there are some that I'm a daily listener, and I didn't, you know, for years, I never left a review. So uh, we Thanks. understand that you may love it, and, and you just haven't left that. Uh, but once I started podcasting myself and realized what those algorithms did, I started, like, at least going and hitting the stars. <laughs> like, it's something if you don't have time for an actual review. So uh, we, we yep. understand life is busy. Yep, and I'm guilty of that myself as well. Um, so be better than us and, uh, <laughs> we leave us a review or a rating. So awesome. So with all that being said, let's hop into this. Uh, so the holidays are approaching yes. very quickly. Yes. I can't believe in fact, we're... we're probably in the midst of the holidays Ugh. by the time this actually comes out. Uh, so that's what we want to talk about is, um, you know, talking about stuff regarding the holidays and how to navigate through that for yourself or even with your clients. Um, and not necessarily talking about 
preparing for the holidays, right? Because a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's a lot of info out there about like, here's how you prepare for the holidays. Here's how you do this. You know, don't get, don't, don't get stuck with your shorts down because the holidays are here. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Like what we want to do is talk about the other half of the equation that most people don't talk about. And that's mm-hmm. how to deal with the potential, how do I want to put this? The potential uh, hangover from the holidays. Good word. Mm-hmm. Um, not not because you drank a ton. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you like to party. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But the financial like hangover. The financial hangover, right? Because that does happen mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Um, and chances are it's probably going to happen to one of your clients, if not more, as mm-hmm. well. So that's what we want to talk about today. Yeah, I'm really glad that we're talking about this because, like you said, Cody, so many others will talk about the lead up to it. Um, but by the time this is released, so many people will have already made a mess <laughs> for themselves. And and I think if we can help our clients get through that mess and do better next year, they're going to be so grateful for that. And it's going to be something that they're not just hitting fast forward on this because they're like, you know, Oh, I've heard that already. So I'm really excited to dive into this topic with you. I just, I think it is such an important thing and I'm glad we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, people make a mess of things during this time sometimes, uh, yeah. which, you know, is understandable. Like there's a lot of pressure, uh, both within the family and the extended family. And, uh, you know, you, you want to show up as best as you can, but you also need to be mindful of where you're at and, you know, in your own journey. And, um, I guess my question to you is like, what would a mess look like? What could it look like for someone? That's a really good question. And before I answer it, I'm going to say, I fall into this regularly too. Like even now, even with all of the preparation and all the information that I know and all of the tricks and and stuff, there are times when either something came completely out of nowhere and, or my husband and I are not on the same page about something and we just kind of end up creating a mess for ourselves. And so I want all of our listeners to know that just because you get somewhere with something, you know, like create a new habit. It doesn't mean that all the mess is going to go away, that this is something that is ongoing, even for someone like myself. I don't want to speak for Cody. Maybe he's got it all so under control that it never happens to him. Um, But I can tell you with, okay, good. Thank you for being honest about that. Um, I can tell you for ourselves that we are still human beings and we're still, you know, at least two people involved because we're married. um, And there are different, different goals and different desires that happen And sometimes there's compromise and sometimes that compromise turns into uh, something that looks really nice for him, but maybe it looks like a mess to me. So I just want people to understand there is some bit of subjectivity here. So for me personally, I think a mess looks like something I have to clean up. (laughs) So it's like something that went not according to my plan. If I have a plan on how much I'm willing to spend or who I want to be able to buy for or where I want to host something or if I want to host something uh, and then it goes kind of a different route, that to me can feel very messy sometimes. And I know for myself, I can get really wrapped up in the emotion around all of that. And sometimes, depending on how I'm feeling, like if there's, this is a really stressful time for, uh, you know, a lot of people 
myself included. When it comes to holidays, uh, just because there's so many things going on and, you know, we're business owners and so we've got that piece going on and there's just a lot of stuff happening. And if I'm in a heightened stress mode, everything feels worse than it actually is. I don't know if that ever happens to you, Cody. Uh, but I think sometimes when that's the case, if let's just use a quick example. If we overspend by $100, if I'm really stressed out, it might feel like we overspent by $10,000. <laughs> and I'm using hyperbole on purpose because it's never that much of a difference. Uh, but that's how that's what I'm trying to get at here is that sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, I, I really screwed up. And when you take a step back, you do, you know, do a, a bird's eye view, you're like, eh, it was a little off plan but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. That can go the opposite direction though, too. There are times when I've had clients who are like, well, we overspent a little bit. And when I ask them, you know, some leading questions and figure out how much they overspend, they end up with their jaw on the ground and they're like, oh, oh, we overspent a lot. <laughs> because sometimes if you're not tracking it, you don't really know. And so it can go either way. Um, so I think one of the things, I know you didn't ask me this yet, but I, it's, I'm right here, so I'm going to say it. I think one of the things that we need to do when we realize that we're in a mess is assess the reality of that situation. You know, check in with your emotions and ask yourself, is this, is this really what's going on or is this how I'm feeling about it because of all of the external forces that are happening around me? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so what would a mess for you look like? For me personally? Well, I mean, um, yes. Or how would you define it for your clients either way? Yeah. Uh, I, I, pretty similar to you, um, you know, to where we have like a plan going into it mm -hmm. and things don't go according to plan. You know, like unexpected things come up and it's a hundred bucks there, a hundred bucks here. Uh, and then by the end of the, of the, you know, holiday season, you look back and you're like, okay, like I was like a 500 or a thousand dollars over what I expected. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we have to mm -hmm. kind of come to terms with that and almost just be like, okay, so how do we, how do we move forward from this? Because like, I can't dwell on this. I can't, right. I can't be okay with it. You know, like I can't just be like, well, that happened and it's okay. You know, you can do that to some extent, but you don't want to like almost like, in my opinion, is you don't want to accept it. Like, because if you just accept it, it's going to happen again. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and we don't want that either. So I think mm -hmm. that there's a healthy balance of like accepting the fact that it did happen and being okay with it, that you can't change the past, but not accepting that that's how it's going to be in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Good point. Because, you know, it's all a learning process. Uh, right. And I think that that's something that we could talk about too, um, is just how to move forward from it and come to terms with it, heal from it and prepare for next year as well. Um, yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Uh, before we move though, I want to just say, I noticed a pattern because you and I both mentioned that a mess for us kind of looks like something went not according to plan. Mm-hmm. What percentage, Cody, of our clients do you think have a plan going into a holiday like this? Uh, well, 
I guess it would depend. Like if, if, if it was someone who like wasn't working with a coach, I would yeah. say the percentage is very high, 90 okay. or above. Of people if it's who don't have a plan working with a coach, I think it drops. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I even have clients now that like I'm onboarding now and it's November, uh, to where, you know, Christmas is right around the corner mm-hmm. and we won't have a ton of time to like prepare for it per se. Right. So right. even like there are people who have coaches that maybe they're early in their journey with them, even if they onboard someone in December, uh, they're, you know, they're going into it without a plan more than likely. Mm-hmm. Most people do not have a plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason I asked that question is because our definition of a mess is something that didn't go according to plan. So that definition doesn't work very well for someone who didn't have a plan in the first place. Right. So what, what would that mess look like for someone who didn't have a plan? How can we, I mean, I'm not looking for a specific definition, but how could we describe what a mess looks like? Yeah, I would say um, anything that that constitutes of when people look back at what they did and they feel not good mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. Okay. You know, they, okay. they look back and they're like, oh, I spent that much money. Or, yeah. you know, uh, this happened and I do not like that, right? Like mm-hmm. that's the ill feelings that come with it. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the whole hangover part of it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you had fun in the moment, but then you look back and you're like, I, I, I don't want to drink again kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I am really glad that you use the term ill feelings. Uh, I was actually hoping that you would kind of go along that emotional side because that I think is a really good indicator of a mess for people. So if someone didn't have a plan per se and they can't really measure against that plan because they didn't have it in the first place, what they can measure is their emotion around what's going on. And if they are in a time of holiday when they're supposed to be holiday cheer and, you know, there's all of this gratefulness and, and love and all of these things that are supposed to be around the holidays. And you're sitting there completely joyless because you're only thinking about how the heck am I going to pay this credit card bill or how am I going to, um, how am I going to feed the 55 people who are supposed to come over to my house when I didn't even sign up for this thing? You know, my spouse threw me under the table and now we're, if you're not feeling any of those good feelings around it, we might be able to call that a mess just yeah. for the sake of having, you know, a definition. <laughs> you know what else might be a good indicator is if someone hits uh, January 1st and their new year's resolution is to get their finances in better shape. Mm-hmm. that might yeah. be it because i mean that kind of goes hand in hand like if you're feeling that that financial hangover from christmas man oh man you're probably thinking all right new year new me right <laughs> yep <laughs> I, I gotta get my finances in shape that mm-hmm. might be a good indicator for a lot of people yeah I agree. I agree. And so that's why we want to make sure we bring this up because those of you who are listening, first of all, you might be like Cody and I, and even though you're a coach, you still have your hangovers once in a while. You know, like We might be talking to you. Um, but even if you're not that person, if you are a coach who's got it all put together, 
and you're working with people who don't, then these are going to be some really important things for you to be able to bring into the coaching relationship with those individuals. So, so let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that we can do. What are some practical tips that our, our coaches who are listening can use for the clients that they're working with? In regards to helping them move forward from it? Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that the first thing that I would do as a coach is, you know, ask them how things went over the, over the holidays. And, you know, if you have a client that's like, yeah, like we're really unhappy with how this went. Um, you know, we spent this much money and that makes me sick or, you know, whatever it might be, um, is just acknowledging it, you know, and, and really, really leaning into how it made them feel versus how much money they actually spent. Uh, mm -hmm. because the thing about <clears throat> the money is that the money's gone. You know, like we, we aren't going to be able to get it back. You know, maybe you could in some ways. Um, but generally speaking, uh, most of that money's gone. Uh, but what's not gone is the emotional attachment to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really important to talk through those emotions and, and have people make peace with themselves and forgive themselves, uh, to be able to step into the new year, into the next month, uh, with a clean slate and a fresh set of eyes, fresh set of ears and, and to just get back on track or, you know, um, I don't even like really saying get back on track, but get back in, into the, into the mindset of like, okay, that happened. This is now I'm moving forward. So okay. I think that if we were to focus on the emotional side of it first, I think that is very helpful. Okay. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to just double down on that and then add a layer if I may. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when we just talk about the emotion, we're like, okay, well, where are we feeling emotionally? But that's not super practical for somebody moving forward. You know, they can, sometimes it can help them identify when they're, for lack of a better word, or it's going to be like a trigger later on, you know, so if they start to feel some of the stress or whatever, like, oh, yeah, I remember, that's how I was feeling. And so something, something's coming that I need to be aware of. So th that's why emotion is so important. Uh, one of the things that I think that we really sometimes miss the mark on is finding out what did we give up? What did our clients give up in that moment where they were, they were chasing something, so helping them identify what it was that they were chasing and what they ultimately gave up during that chase. So for example, were they chasing, you know, having their kid have the, the best gift in class the next day or when they went back from break? Uh, were they chasing having uh, just a really full looking Christmas tree, for example? Were they chasing being the hostess with the mostest? It doesn't matter what that is, but like whatever they realize, oh yeah, this is the, this is the experience I was chasing or the, the feeling that I was trying to get. Okay, what did you end up giving up in that process? Maybe they ended up giving up, you know, some, some true contentment. Maybe they mm -hmm. gave up the sense of joy around the Christmas tree. Um, so yes, it looked really full and, and you got to take some good pictures and, you know, it looked insta pretty, but if they're not feeling good about it and their kids are like, now I got, now I've got all these toys and now I get to, you know, clean up as a parent, I get to clean up the room twice as often because now they've got twice as many things. Are you actually gaining what it was that you were chasing and finding out from them in their words, what it was that they gave up for those things? Why on earth do you think that's so important, Cody? 
being content? No, just being able to, I mean, being content is important, yes. But what I'm asking is, why is it so important for us to have them identify what it is that they gave up in pursuit of something different? Mm, yeah. Um, I feel like because the things that they gave up in pursuit of, uh, you know, maybe like the status mm-hmm. or the material things, um, that's the things that they likely gave up are probably the things that matter the most to them in yes. some ways. Yes. Uh, and, and it really comes down to like what your values are. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're staying in uh, integrity to those. And, you know, I think that's, that's probably why most people get upset over the holidays is because not because of like how much money they spent or, you know, the things that they got or whatever it might be, but probably because they feel whether consciously or subconsciously that they're just not aligned with their values. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. That is why it is so stinking important to help them do that. And the reason that we as coaches want to help them do that is because it gives them and us a language around which to speak. So when they are moving forward with us and they're learning how to prepare in the future so that we either avoid it altogether or more likely just lessen the hangover a little bit because it is a process that we all go through. Um, But we actually have a language around which to speak with them. They can say, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, here's, here's my plan. Here's what, here's my budget for this. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to start in January and I'm going to, you know, put aside a hundred dollars a month and blah, blah, blah. And that's all fine and good. And it's a, it's a process and we want to help them be able to identify a process because it's very tangible for them. But if all of that process fits financially and it's still not in alignment with what they just said that they actually value, isn't it our job as coaches to help them recognize that? Because they might not feel a financial hangover later on, but they still might feel that emotional one if they stayed within a budget, but the budget wasn't aligned. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, if, if someone's if someone's value is to create really awesome memories, um, and you know, provide uh, a place of of joy and abundance in their in their household with for for their spouse or, or for their kids, but their budget is so tight and they do stick with it, then that might not make total sense for them, uh, which could cause them to feel like, why did I, why was I such a cheapskate this year? Like my kids didn't have a good experience, which caused me not to have a good experience. Um, you know, there's, there's that side of it too. It's not always all about spending too much money. Sometimes it can be about not spending enough at the same yeah. time. I agree. Great, great points. Yep. So that's why it's so important for us to do that with them. Uh, Now, just for fun, I'm going to throw this out there because I've actually done this and you mentioned a little earlier, sometimes the money's gone and there's no getting that back. (laughs) I just want to tell you, there have been times when I've totally gotten that money back. Not all of it, but some of it. Um, I don't know about you, but I tend to kind of shop throughout Christmas. I mean, throughout the entire year. And I will like, oh, I'll get this. And oh, my daughter would really like this. And then by the time, you know, November comes and I go to start wrapping things, I'm like, well, I have way too much stuff for them. Like, they don't need all this. And I, so even if it was in budget, I'm like, I don't really, I don't want it either. Um, I will, I will take stuff back. (laughs) I will take, I have one spot that I keep all of my receipts for the holidays and I just keep them all in the same place. And that way, when I'm ready to go return something, all I have to do is go find that receipt and I have it put right back on the 
payment source, whether it was a credit card or a debit card. If it's cash, I'll get the cash back. And I actually then put that money towards my plan. My, my, uh, how, what would you, what would you call a, you know, anti hangover plan? I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you call that. Just recovery, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I, yeah. I actually, I start putting it towards whatever plan I have set up. And, um, and I realize that it's not all, you know, for naught. I can return those things that are actually in great condition to return. Um, the other thing is if you, if you get gifts or, um, whether you went went out and bought them or somebody else gave them to you that you know are not going to be utilized, it's okay to trade those in for something that you will be using or that your children will be using um, because then it starts to lessen how much you're having to pay later on for some of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a homeschool mom, and so I I find myself, you know needing things for my daughter that she doesn't necessarily want, but you know, she needs them like dry erase markers and things like that. And wet erase markers. Cause we use a lot of, um, you know, film for, for that. And it's like, if, if she gets the thing that she doesn't really want or need, and I just have an in-store credit, I can use that for something that she does want or need. And so that way it'll be something I don't have to pull out of my own budget later on. I can actually just have that be part of the gift giving budget. So I know some of that sounds like, you know, oh, like I'm a cheapskater or whatever, or that I'm not grateful for some of the things that I receive, but that's certainly not the case. We actually are very, very grateful and, um, and just also strategic. <laughs> so just throwing that out there. Yeah. And it's, it's just being self-aware. I mean, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You know, if you know that you're not going to use something or you see that your kids really don't like said thing, you know, you can be self-aware enough to be like, okay, I'm going to return this or I'm going to exchange it and get something that's actually going to be appreciated, you know, um, or, or have better use. Right. So I don't yes. think there's anything wrong with it either. Uh, so don't, don't feel like you're a cheapskate or anything like that. So, <laughs> I do want to bring well, up one thing. It is a practical thing. Yeah, please yeah. do. Um, I think that a pretty crucial part in helping clients um, work through this financial hangover or, you know, this, this emotional um, hangover from the holiday season is kind of per- talking about preparing for the next one to make sure that, you know, we don't run into these issues again, or if we do that, they're at least lessened. Right. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, talking to clients and saying, Hey, like there's a few options that we can do to ensure that this either doesn't happen or, or it happens, uh, on a lesser, lesser of a scale. And one of them could be that you start saving for a holiday, um, you know, fund, um, Mm -hmm. year round you know, starting in January, um, you know, maybe someone spent, I don't know, like $2,000 and they thought that that was too much. Uh, and their goal is to spend between a thousand to 1500 next year. And they're okay with that. Well, cool. Then you can set aside a hundred bucks a month and just start in January. And by the end of the year, when, when Christmas does come back around, you'll have around $1,200. So, but you know, it won't be like this, like massive blow to them because they're just putting a little bit aside every month kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's important to also introduce as an option. Uh, Some people won't want to do that because they'll want to utilize as much money as they can to work on whatever goal that they're working on. 
And if that's the case, that's fine. You know, if, if they want to do that, that's fine too. But maybe introduce, okay, well, maybe not start in January, but what about June or, you know, something else to where it's not just like this massive hit uh, and they do have some sort of structure and or goal that, that, that they're kind of working towards. I think that's important to, to note as well. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. And I think it's going to be important for us to, uh, we, we always believe in meeting people where they are. And for me, mm -hmm. part of that is not just like a physical location of where they are in their life, but also who they are as people and what kind of habits they have and what kind of um, personalities they have. And, and I can tell you that there are some people who really enjoy being able to spread out the, the purchasing part of all of that. Like they, they actually want to buy something in February if they see something that it looks nice and, and they have the personality that allows them to hide it for eight months. You know, some people don't have that personality. Some people are like, I just, I need to do it all in, in November and that, because that's how it works for me. So I think that's another thing to remember. If somebody says, for example, that they do like to buy things throughout, then they realize that that $100 a month that in your example, Cody, that people are putting aside, they don't have to put that aside and not use it. It's actually there so that they can use it when they want to purchase something for someone in February or March. Uh, they don't have to completely cash flow that in the regular budget because they've already got that um, set aside ahead of time. So that the reason I bring that up is because if somebody operates that way, but they say, I want to wait till July to start saving, those two things don't match up. And so you mm -hmm. want to help them be able to see, okay, this is how you typically um, behave. How can we make your plan line up with that behavior? Yeah. So um, so yeah, I agree. I also think that automation is really, really important for somebody who says, "Hi, Cody, I don't even know how to uh, to save a hundred dollars a month. Like, I, I barely even have that. You know, I don't remember the name of it, but I do remember very clearly the the toothpaste analogy. You know, when we talk about how when you have a tube of toothpaste yeah. and it's brand it's new, from, uh, it's from James Clear." Yes, but he's not the one who created it. There's a there's like a something theory, and I don't remember who it was initially. Initially, but that doesn't matter. It's just that idea that you know when you have that full toothpaste bottle, you know you're able to make the the swirliest, prettiest little thing on your on your toothpaste. But if you get to the end of it, you are figuring out how to use every little bit of that toothpaste. Not only that, not only are you squeezing it and stomping on it and scraping it to make sure you get every little bit, you are literally brushing your teeth with this tiny, tiny little bit of toothpaste versus it's probably one one hundredth of what you would have done when it was a brand new <laughs> bottle, right? Or brand new tube. And that whole concept goes with what we do with our money as well. So that's why, and I know they brought it up in, um, I'm pretty sure he brings it up in Profit First as well. But that whole concept is super important because if we can do what we can do with 90%, you know, 100% of what we have, we can do what we need to with 100 or 90 or 80 or so on and so forth percent. And, and I think that if we just, if we know this is what we want to spend at the end of the year, if we can automate that and take it out of our purview right now, we will learn how to live on $100 less every single month. We will. Well, it's just mm -hmm. like learning how to brush your teeth with a tiny bit instead of a whole whole uh, ribbon. Um, and so do you know, I mean, I know of a couple things that I like to offer, but I'll, I'll ask you first. Do you know of any really good places to do something like that, like to save automatically like that? Personally, I don't. Okay. So I'm interested um, to hear what you have. 
Yeah, absolutely. So my two favorite go-tos are Capital One 360 and then also discoverbank.com. So coaches who are listening, um, if you are going to send them to either one of those, you might hear that, well, those are both credit cards, Capital One and Discover, those are credit cards. Um, They actually have banking systems. And so if you go to Capital One 360, that's going to be the banking system over there. And for Discover, you want to make sure you type in discoverbank.com. So you can actually create a number of um, accounts there. They're all free. I absolutely love it. You can um, connect them to your current account, and that just would be your external account over there. And you can set up an automatic withdrawal or transfer. They, they would call it a transfer every single month, every single week, whatever it is that you want to do. I have a number of them. At I used to use um, Capital One 360 exclusively. Uh, they have a high yield savings account. So like right now, I think they're paying like two, two and a half percent or something like that versus, you know, most of the banks are a lot less than that. Um, but I ended up switching over to discoverbank.com. And the reason for that was mostly because they also have a cashback debit a card that is attached to it. So the account that I use there, I can use for, um, we, for us, we actually use it for our dining out and for our groceries. So any money that we know we're spending on those things, we just let ourselves get cash back on it. And then that goes to one of our savings account automatically at the end of any given month. Those are really nice because those also have the high yield numbers like the Capital One 360. But like I said, it has the cash back also. But you can name in both of these systems, you can name those savings accounts anything you want. And because you can have as many as you want, you know, we have like a Christmas one. That's the holiday we celebrate. Uh, so we have a Christmas one. We have vacation one. You can name them and title them. And so you know what that money is then to be used for. It has absolutely taken the guesswork out of everything. I mean, you still have to figure out your number. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, your coach can help you with that, obviously. And this is what our coaches, that's what we're asking you to do, help them figure out their number. But once they figure out that number, they can set it and forget it. And every pay period, whether it's, you know, um, semi-monthly, whether it is weekly, whether it's the first and the 15th of the month, they can set it up where every single pay period they have $50 going out or $100 going out. I mean, anyone who's employed, they know why they know that your taxes usually come off the top, right? Why is that? Because our government knows that if the taxes don't come off the top, you're not paying your taxes. And, right. you know, you, <laughs> it's just the way it is. And so we like to set up, we like to play into our own psyche and set up that automatic withdrawal, that automatic uh, deduction, if you will, from your paycheck. And it just happens. You get paid on a Friday. It happens on a Friday. Just, you know, 50 bucks every single time or whatever the number is. So I think that that is a really useful tool for people. Um, and I just I encourage people to find it. Whether it's that or find something similar to that, uh, it's just a great way to put money aside in savings. Yeah, I think that's a super powerful tool. It's probably something I'm going to look into um, for a couple of my clients that would really benefit from that and probably even myself as well. Yeah. And it, I mean, it works like any bank account. You can do a joint account. Uh, you can do it singly. It doesn't really matter. Like if you want to have something where it's like a surprise account for your spouse and you want to be able to get a gift and, um, but so you can, you can do it however you want. I personally put my husband on all of them because I'd hate for me to die in a car accident tomorrow and then have him not have access to right. all of that. Um, but yeah, it's very flexible in that regard. Awesome. Well, great. Well, I think that was a good discussion about moving forward from a potential 
financial hangover of Christmas or the holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of healing from things and, and also working towards next year and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you have, uh, clients over the next couple of weeks that have this happen to them, you can always refer back to this episode, get some, uh, you know, ideas, some tips, and just start working that process with them and hopefully help them get to a place to where they're, they're okay. Right. Um, and, and they can move forward from it rather than dwelling on it. Uh, cause that doesn't help anyone. So yeah. Yeah. Just help yeah. them ask enough questions. It helps them recognize the learning lesson in whatever behavior choices that they made and move forward from that. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to tune in next week for another uh, episode of the Financial Coaches Podcast, and we will catch you then. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.